Amen. So good to be uh, with you all worshiping. Those of you on campus here, good to see your faces. And I know you're smiling underneath the masks, and uh, I was too the whole time. And those of you joining us online, welcome. So glad to be worshiping with you as well. Our uh, gospel reading comes from Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 15, and I'm going to read those verses to us now, the baptism and testing of Jesus and Jesus announcing the good news. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness, the desert for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals. And angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, this text that I just read, it may sound familiar to you because the first part of that text we looked at earlier on in January, and then the last part of the text we looked at a few weeks later. But the middle part, verses 12 and 13 of our gospel reading, we have not looked at this far in the church year. And as I was looking at those two verses where Jesus is thrown out into the wilderness, thrown out into the desert by the Spirit, tempted by Satan, attended to by angels, I was struck with something about kind of this whole scene. And it made me think of the the images that we have of Jesus, the pictures of him that we have, the different ideas that we have about Jesus, the different Jesuses you might say that we have. And I've talked about this before at times, and sometimes we have an image of Jesus as kind of the doting grandpa Jesus who loves you so much and he's never going to challenge you on anything. He loves you, loves you, loves you, right? And I know I've shown this image before to you, the buddy Jesus, the buddy Christ, right? This is the, he's, Jesus is your friend, Jesus is cool, he's fun, we're going to party and hang out with Jesus, right? And I think we used to have this picture of Jesus here on our youth house here at St. John's, on our youth building. This is the... Uh, tan Jesus. He's laid back. He's rugged. He probably surfs most days. Long border for sure, right? Then there's the tough buff Jesus. That scares me. Take that picture down, all right? That just doesn't seem right, okay? But we see, we want to kind of identify with Jesus. We want him to be relevant. We want him to be cool. We want him to be strong. We want him to be tough. We want him to be laid back. We want him to be good looking. And well, we even want him to be a man of action, so much so that we have made Jesus into an action figure. Check this thing out right here, okay? My buddy Todd Lucero got this at the Orange Lutheran thrift shop, and for some reason he thought of me, and he he gave it to me. I think it goes back to our youth ministry days. There's a picture of him online so the online people could see him better, but this thing is kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy. It's kind of interesting, though. If you zoom in on a bit, I don't know if you can tell, but Jesus has blue eyes, all right? And if you look closer, he definitely works out. He's most likely a crossfit, crossfitter, and he's, uh, you know, he's kind of like the old G.I. Joe, the old G.I. Joe uh, figurines, right? Now, if you turn it over on the back and you look at it, it has a map 
of the Holy Land where Jesus, you can see it up on the screen, where Jesus lived. Up at the top, you have Sea of Galilee. Down the bottom, you've got the Dead Sea. It's kind of where Jesus did his ministry and, and lived. And so this is the action figure kind of G.I. Joe CrossFit Jesus. Now look at the bottom of it. This is how he's described. Jesus was the most important person in history ever. He was born in a manger, raised as a carpenter, and crucified on a cross. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed 5,000 men with two fish and five loaves of bread. He was a revolutionary preacher and an extraordinary teacher who shook up the religious authority of that time. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth in the form of a man. And when he died, he defeated death. He defeated sin. Belief in him brings eternal life. There has never been, nor will there ever be, anyone like Jesus. Right? This is the action figure Jesus. And everything that we just read, everything we said on there is true. Right? But it focuses on the active side of Jesus. What he's accomplished. I mean, even his crucifixion is depicted as Jesus defeating sin, Jesus defeating death. But a friend of mine, Leo Sanchez, he's a professor out in uh, St. Louis at the seminary out there, he's pointed out uh, kind of when you look at our text for today, you get a different picture of Jesus, a little bit different than the action figure Jesus. In fact, I owe all the kind of thinking and phraseology to, to Leo. He's a great, great guy, great pastor, great, great professor. And if you look at our text today, you know, we don't necessarily see this active Jesus. We actually don't see him doing a lot. In fact, we see a passive Jesus. Now, we don't always see Jesus as passive in the scriptures because I think, well, we like action, right? We even got an action figure of Jesus. And we're Americans. We like actions. We like things getting done. We like power. We like achievement. We like honor. We like prestige. We like glory. We like action. Just like the back of the box says, he healed, he raised the dead, miraculously fed thousands, revolutionary preacher, extraordinary teacher, he shook up the religious authority at the time. We kind of like that rebellious side of Jesus. You go get him, Jesus. He came to earth. He defeated death. Never, ever been or will be anyone like Jesus. Yes. Is all of that true? Yes. Should we celebrate it? Yes. Is it the whole picture of who Jesus is? No. There is a passive side to Jesus. In our text today, Jesus was baptized. Jesus was tempted. It's passive. He was baptized by John. He, the Spirit descended on him, maybe better yet, into him. So he was possessed by the Spirit in a good way spoken over by the Father. The Father said, you are my son. And when he said that, he, that means he's the servant of God. He's thrown out into the wilderness, cast out into the wilderness by the Spirit. He's tempted by Satan for 40 days, assaulted by Satan, you might say, maybe even attacked by the wild animals. He was attended to by the angels. That's passive. It's the passive Jesus, baptized, descended on, possessed, spoken to, thrown out, tempted, assaulted, attended to. Passive, not active. And so what picture of Jesus does that form for us? In many ways, this passivity of Jesus at the very beginning of the gospel points to how different he is how different a leader he is, how different a savior he is. And ultimately, all that points very far forward 
to the road to the cross, the pinnacle of his passivity when Jesus is crucified in passive obedience, in humble endurance for all humanity. Now, we're not always drawn to that passive Jesus. But as we start this journey of Lent together, this first Sunday of Lent, as we journey to Good Friday, maybe, maybe it's a good thing for us to pause on all the active action stuff of Jesus and consider his passive side. And maybe consider, why are we so drawn to the active Jesus? We're often drawn to the great things he does, does for others, powerful things. We're kind of impressed by him, by what he can do. We want to hang out with that sort of Jesus. We want to take a road trip with that sort of Jesus. We want that sort of Jesus to rub off on us. We even make action figures out of that sort of Jesus. The disciples were that way too. They often didn't get the passive Jesus. They wanted the active one, the powerful one, the glory-filled Jesus. You know, the Jesus who forgives sins, the Jesus who heals lepers, the Jesus who casts out spirits, the Jesus who says that I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, the Jesus that overturns tables in the temple and gives it to the corrupt leadership of the time, tells the waves to calm down, walks on the water. That's the Jesus the disciples dig. And if we're honest, maybe we do too. We're kind of in awe of that Jesus. We're sort of mesmerized by him. But maybe it's sort of a wake-up call this morning for us that we often, like the disciples, want Jesus on our own terms. Maybe that's why we create images of him that are like us, that resonate with us, that reflect our culture and our way of thinking and doing things. Sometimes we're drawn to the act of Jesus because we want that sort of power that sort of influence, that authority, that sort of exciting, rewarding, action-oriented ministry, and maybe others will be wowed at our ministry and what we're going to accomplish in our activity for the mission. I mean, of course, Jesus is helping us out with that. But as we enter into Lent, a season of repentance, of penitential reflection, perhaps the Gospel of Mark, perhaps this text calls us to consider more deeply, the images of Jesus that we embrace, that we lift up, that we extol. In fact, maybe the text is inviting us this Lent to not just look at the action-oriented Jesus, the Jesus that wows us, and the Jesus we want to uh, wow others through us, but perhaps we consider the Jesus that action figures are not made of. That's the passive Jesus. That's the suffering Jesus. The baptized, tempted, and crucified Jesus. The Jesus who said in Mark chapter 8, 31, these verses, these words. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. Jesus said those words and Peter didn't like that passive talk. He wanted the action figure Jesus. And so Peter actually rebuked Jesus when he said those words. But then Jesus puts him in his place. 
And then he says to Peter, and he says to all of his disciples, he says to a huge crowd, he says to all of humanity, these words, Mark chapter 8, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever who wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. See, the Lenten journey in many ways is one of passivity. Jesus' journey to the cross in many ways is one of passivity. And as we enter Lent, our text, our, our Lord is inviting us to a different way. He's inviting us to the way of the cross, a way that starts at the very beginning of the gospel that are reading. It starts at the Jordan River. It starts in the desert where Jesus is baptized. Jesus is tempted. He's not active. He's not doing things. He's passive, and stuff is being done to him. I mean, when he was baptized by John, he was, as my advisor at the seminary says, he's possessed by the Spirit in a good way. He's made the servant of God. He's thrown out, cast out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. I mean, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we don't usually think of the Holy Spirit working in our lives that way, right? We don't think of the Holy Spirit driving us out, casting us out into the assault of the elements and the animals and Satan himself. So much so that the angels have to minister to Jesus. I mean, the very first part of the gospel, Jesus isn't very active. He receives baptism. He receives the spirit. He receives the role of the servant. He receives the devil's assault. He receives help from the angels. This is not an action figure G.I. Joe CrossFit Jesus, right? We might, even as you listen to me preach, you might be like, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know if I like that. I mean, isn't Jesus God? Shouldn't he take charge and take care of business? Why is he so needy here? Why is he allowing all this stuff to be done to him? Even John the Baptist in the Gospel of Matthew is like, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. Jesus, you're starting your ministry off in a weird way. It's so passive. What kind of journey is this? It's the Lenten journey is the journey to the cross where we see more to who Jesus is than his activity. We see him in humility. We see him patiently enduring. We see him setting his gaze to the cross. And we see him enduring a whole lot on the way there. We see the suffering servant of Isaiah, the prophecy fulfilled in Jesus we see Jesus, the Son of God, laying aside the form of God, laying aside the God attitude, being a servant in order to ransom us from sin. St. Paul put it this way. He said, Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. During Lent, we are called to see Jesus in the passive sense as the suffering servant. He receives the spirit to endure our sin. He receives the assault from the desert, from the devil for us, in our place. And Jesus, in humble, tenacious, persistent endurance, when we see him going that way to the cross, that's when we see his power. 
like when he was crucified. And the Gentile, Roman, pagan, unbelieving, centurion soldier, he sees Jesus' humble power. Mark 15, verse 39. When the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. In his being humiliated, Jesus reveals his divine power, his passive obedience unto death which began at his baptism and his temptation. So what does the passive Jesus mean for us and for our lives? What does it mean for us this Lenten season? Maybe this Lenten season as we we journey to the cross together, we could think of our following Jesus not so much in terms of the action figure, not so much in terms of our activity, Not in terms of us being great like Jesus and doing cool things for him and wowing others because of it. WWJD, what would Jesus do? How about nothing? Passive. How about first, let's be reminded of all that has been done to us and for us. We too have been baptized. We too have been possessed in a good way by the Holy Spirit who lives in us. God has made us his sons and daughters, his children. We're marked with the sign of the cross upon our forehead and upon our hearts. Yes, we've been attacked in the desert as well. I mean, we're in a desert right now. But God's messengers, his angels are attending to us, have attended to us, will always attend to us. I was just talking to a friend of mine this past week, and he was reminding me of all the messengers, all the angels, all the people who have come into our lives to take care of us and attend to us in our desert needs. In fact, we are really quite passive people as Christians. Everything has been given to us in Jesus. Jesus laid aside the form of God, the God attitude for us. And so maybe this land... We follow the passive Jesus. We lay aside glory and power and influence and honor. Maybe in humility we endure. We endure hardship. We endure persecution. We endure the desert. We endure suffering. We endure temptation. We endure to bring glory to God and to those in need. Maybe this Lent, dear Lord, help us to die to our hunger for authority and power and influence and glory. Holy Spirit, cast us out into the desert to shape us and chisel us and form us and hone us to walk as servants, like the servant of God. Jesus was baptized. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was crucified for you and for me. Amen? Amen, Amen, my friend.